Hi, I'm Jane Stahl, retired high school English teacher and director of community relations at Studio B Fine Art Gallery in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And this is the Be Inspired podcast. My guest and I hope that in the few minutes you spend with us, you'll be surprised and delighted to meet someone new, become aware of projects going on in your neighborhood, and maybe entertain a new way to look at the world. Look, we all need to keep our spirits up in these challenging times, and I can't think of a better way to lift up our spirits than to meet interesting, passionate folks and learn about what they're doing to make life better for all of us. And so, join me now for the Be Inspired podcast. Welcome, Be Inspired audience. We're here today with Jay Ressler. And Jay, of course, is a very loyal artist member uh, of Studio B. And I'm fascinated by the composite photos that Jay puts together and submits to our various projects. Welcome, Jay. Hi, Jane. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Thanks for doing this. You're certainly welcome. I'd like to know when you started. Did you always know you were going to be a photographer? Well, I've been playing with cameras and photography for a long time. Um, I was first interested as a teenager. I had I went through several cameras in my teenage years and my college years. Then I became a, a political activist, and I kind of got away from. Okay. From for one thing, I, I didn't I didn't have the money to buy an SLR back in those days. Okay. And uh, the little brownies I was using. I was going to say I started with the brownie. <laughs> they just didn't cut the mustard in. No. Uh, and I, I had some friends who were into photography, and they were much better than I was, and I just kind of got discouraged. You got discouraged. So when did the inspiration hit you again? Well, uh, in 1984, I decided to go to Nicaragua on a tour, and then I invested in an SLR. Okay. In a Pentex uh, K1000. Yeah. Um, which was kind of the go-to camera at the, at the time, mm -hmm. a very popular camera. And I began taking pictures. I took a lot of pictures, and I framed a lot. I didn't show them anywhere except on my living room wall. <laughs> Actually, when Martha and I got married, she made me take them down because most of them weren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> And how about now? What's on your walls now? <laughs> uh, a lot of the what's on our walls is art we've purchased from other artists. Uh, on my side of the studio, I have some of my my pictures, but uh, when I've been displaying them all over the place. But uh, one thing that happened uh, a number of years ago, um, she encouraged me to start taking some classes where I began to learn the fundamentals of composition and okay. lighting and things like that. Where did you take your classes, Jay? Just at a local gallery in uh, in Pittsburgh. In, okay. in a, it was a little gallery in the neighborhood where we lived. Um, the, the guy who ran it was a photographer, mostly showed his own black and white photography. Um, and he had little classes he gave, so I, I took... Uh, 
like a six week or eight week class from him. And then I started taking some more classes at uh, Pittsburgh, uh, what was it? Pittsburgh, uh, it was a f photography school okay. uh, that was associated with the Pittsburgh Center for the Arts. But my guess is that you have taken all that knowledge and all those skills and gone kind of in a Jay wrestler direction. That's right. It is. Talk to us about that. Um, <laughs> I don't remember exactly <laughs> how I stumbled onto the, the compositing approach. I had a little bit of a background in graphic arts before I took photography back up. So there is an element of graphic yes. art, graphic design involved with some of them. Uh, one of the things I started doing in my initial classes with this local artist, Dan Gosser, was uh, selective color. I'd have black and whites with just a little bit of color here, a little bit of color there, using some uh, fairly primitive photo developing um, software. At the time, I was in, in that class, I was still using my K1000 and doing film, and sometimes I, I had a little digital camera. I'd bring in a few digital photos too, so I was kind of betwixt and between. Um, but shortly after taking that class, I decided to invest in a, in a serious digital camera, mm -hmm. digital SLR. Um, and then I began looking for ways to um, participate in an art organization, uh, Pittsburgh Society for Artists. And they would always have these themed shows. I could never quite figure out how to <laughs> fit a photograph into a themed show. And there was one I really wanted to participate in, which was uh, called Saligia, Seven Deadly Sins. Ooh. And so what am I going to do for um, a, a photo to participate in this? So I came up with the notion of doing something composite, mm -hmm. putting together some composites, and I fell in love with the process. I made probably half a dozen or a dozen photos before I came up with anything to submit, but I, I came up with two that got accepted for the show. That's exciting. Oh, I would have loved to see that particular show. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was fun. Um, the, uh, the, the one that I remember most that was in the show or that stuck with me the most was one that was based on, uh, it was a, a piece that was themed around genocide. So I had scenes from the killing, the movie, The Killing Fields. I, I set up a tripod in front of the TV and played the video and took some screenshots uh, with my camera. And then, uh, so The Killing Fields and, and the other uh, photo was uh, of Hotel Rwanda. So I okay. overlapped yeah. pictures from both, both movies and kind of blended them and created an interesting what I love is the creativity, I think, you know, just to think, to think about the theme and then to say, well, there's this movie and I can capture this screenshot and then there's this other movie. I mean, to put all that together, your head must be spinning. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a lot of people say. <laughs> I'm just intrigued because your work is not just 
pretty pictures. You have a lot of intention, statements, social statements, cultural statements, political statements in your work. Do you want to talk about how you were motivated there? Well, much of my life I've been involved in politics. Um, in college, uh, I went with a group of friends. I went to Albright College. Okay. And in 19... You're a local boy. Oh, yeah. I went to Oley High School, <laughs> graduated from Oley High School. I never knew that. I thought you were from Pittsburgh. How'd you get to Pittsburgh? Uh, it's a <laughs> never mind. I Long story, your story, but I, I lived a lot of story. places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> anyway, we, uh, I lost my train of thought. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In uh, 1965, I think it was, maybe it was the beginning of 66, a group of us went to North Carolina to right after the Voting Rights Act was passed to help register blacks to vote. Oh. I was very interested in the civil rights movement uh, all through high school. And uh, we were kind of scared going down there because it... Of it's only been a year and a half before that that the civil rights workers got killed in mm -hmm. Mississippi. Um, and that just opened a whole uh, lifelong commitment to civil rights. Uh, I got very involved in the anti-war movement uh, very early on. Went to a first march against the war in 1965. Um, in Washington and uh, ended up being part of the staff organizing one of the largest marches in uh, Washington in 1970 or 71. It was uh, spring of 71, I think. So you, I have many stories I could tell you about that. <laughs> you must be fascinating after a glass of wine, yeah. <laughs> Hearing all those stories and all the different people you met and all the what do you say, um, conflicts that were right in front of you at that time. Well, and sometimes you don't even realize what kind of conflict you're, or controversy you're exactly, in the Exactly, exactly. So we are now in 2021 in a whole other, a whole other, what do you say, movement relative to voting rights and relative to politics that must, must trigger so many memories and perhaps trigger so many thoughts about a series of photographs or a series for a gallery show? Well, I've, I've had some, uh, some pictures in, in uh, recent shows that actually took up some of these themes. Um, I remember one at Clare on Maine a number of years yeah, ago. Yeah, that, that uh, got quite a write-up uh, in the Reading Eagle. Yeah, uh, fascinating show. Yeah, it was... Uh, Well, uh, the main pieces in that show, there were 50 pieces, but the main 15 or so were uh, double images that all had some kind of social theme about Absolutely. civil rights, the fight yep. against slavery, well, against now, war. In your travels with Martha, yeah. um, are, do you find yourself still uh, attracted to political, social issues, or are you... Have you moved into a different phase, shall we say? Well, that's always with me. I mean, mm -hmm. I have a I have a point of view that's uh, quite different from many other people's point of view. <laughs> You're and, welcome to share. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
when I'm traveling, I just try to keep an open mind and, and look and learn everything I can about where I am and take in everything I can. Now, your, one of your recent travels, I, I believe this is true, please correct me <clears throat> if I'm wrong, but in one of your recent travels, you ended up meeting a gentleman whom you brought back to Reading as an artist in residence. Am I right about that? Well, we organized the artist in residence program with Julio Cepeda, who, whose art we saw in Cuba. Exactly. We yeah. saw his art in Trinidad um, and fell in love with the art, and we wanted to meet him, but uh, when we went into the gallery and asked the woman mm -hmm. there if there was any chance of meeting him, she said, oh, unfortunately his father's sick and he's out of town, so we didn't meet him. No kidding. We didn't meet him until he got here. We were communicating uh, wow. but that by was letter your, and by Facebook. And that was your project. That was You spearheaded that. You and Martha yes. brought him. Why him? Well, we thought he had, his art spoke to us because of the way he uh, made these sculptural wall hangings uh, by putting together found objects and treating them in a fairly unusual way. He... He actually kind of invented this process because he couldn't get paint. I mean, paint's very scarce okay. and hard to get in Cuba, and uh, maybe a little less so until the pandemic anyway. Uh, now things are very bad again in Cuba. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, are you still in touch with him? Oh yeah, we're in touch with him through Facebook uh, all the time. Very good. And we visited him and his family uh, twice since he left. Okay. And uh, we had hoped to go again in uh, 2020, but we couldn't. Well, no, we did visit him in 2020. In fact, uh, the first time we saw people wearing face masks was, was in he? the airport in Havana when we were leaving Cuba. Uh, the no airport kidding. workers were all wearing face masks. Wow. Uh, wow. And... They weren't yet in the U.S. when we got back into the U.S. Yep, 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 yep. I remember my son went to Peru and came back on a flight from Peru at 11.59. They closed the country at midnight. It was a really scary thing. Yep, yep, yep. last March. So anyway, so you are, do you have plans to... Uh, orgas. I know that organizing that particular artist in residence was a real challenge, getting passports and visas and so forth and so on. Would you do it again? Uh, we would do that again, but uh, <laughs> I don't. We don't. We don't have any plans to do That's, that again. Yeah. We're not. We're not really in the business of being art promoters. Okay. Because right after the the success of that, people came to us and wanted us to promote their art or become their agents because oh, it was a big success. We had spent three years of our lives organizing that. Exactly. And uh, got a group of people together, um, a good group of uh, people who were interested in his art, were interested in Cuba, were interested in cultural exchange. And uh, it was a once-in-a-lifetime project, really. That's great. That's great that you had an opportunity to explore that, to do that, and then make the decision to be artist once again. And it was thrilling to 
first time we visited Julio in Cuba after the tour, uh-huh. uh, he had organized a meeting where I spoke to uh, Cubans at a gallery in, in uh, Trinidad. And, and it was a, a real success too. It was, there must have been 60 or 70 people who came out. We had a little trouble with some of the translation, but because <laughs> <laughs> there were things I said that the translator couldn't figure out. What. <laughs> and then I realized that some of those things dated me that uh, right. young Americans, would, like at one point I referred to GIs. And really, a lot of young young people in the United States would not know what a GI is. No kid, interesting. Because they, since the draft has been ended, there are no GIs. They're all professional soldiers. Wow, and that's strange to think about it in that way. But you're absolutely right because I grew up, of course, of course, GIs. Yep, GI Bill. You know, GI Bill. That's not my husband. Yeah. afforded him to go to college, that kind of thing. So, very good. So, what else? Where are you going next? Well, we're going to the south of France, and uh, we had planned to do it in 2020, uh, but the trip got canceled because of the pandemic. Sure. And then we're going to visit some friends in, uh, in, uh, in England. I forget the name of the town right at this second. <laughs> okay. Hull, yeah. Okay. It, the people we're going to visit, the, the fellow's a historian. Mm -hmm. We met him on a Viking cruise. He was the, uh, the historian on board the, uh, our trip to China. We had dinner with him and his wife a number of times. Um, and uh, we stay in touch with, through Facebook with them. That's so exciting. So you're going to see friends and you're doing some traveling at the same yeah, time. I'm going to go visit an old artist friend of ours in Scotland. Well, she's young, but <laughs> we've known her for a long time. Excellent, excellent. So your travels will take you around the world and continue your experiences. And I'm impressed also that you're all over the place here in Berks County at Art Plus, at Hamburg, in your own studios, and you exhibit your work all over the place. I try. Um, That's a job. Well, I've got a room full of art. <laughs> <laughs> and keep making more, even if I, I sell some, some, uh, some big pieces occasionally. Yep. Uh, mostly I end up selling smaller pieces yep. uh, at art fairs and things like that. People want gifts and little things they can hang in little nicks, nooks, <laughs> knickknacks. Well, I know my walls are just, I have no room. I mean, and I switch it out during the seasons, but there's still only a limited amount of wall space. So it's important to present your work to folks who, you know, who have walls that need color, that walls <laughs> that, right. need, that need shapes, that walls that need interest to them. So, if you had to share with young people who are thinking about going into the arts, what might you tell them? The first thing I would tell them is learn a little bit of bookkeeping. Ah. And uh, learn how to use a spreadsheet like Excel or Google Sheets. Okay. Um, among the other things I do is I, I'm the treasurer of Art Plus Gallery. Okay. And 
it took a, quite a bit to put the gallery's books on a financial, a good sound financial footing so that we actually knew how much money we had and <laughs> what we were taking in and to do it in a streamlined fashion. fashion right. Uh, a lot of artists are afraid of uh, bookkeeping and one thing that's lacking in most art programs I've learned in colleges and universities is talking about the business of art. You basically have to develop a way of keeping track of your income and expenses and figuring out a business plan. Mm-hmm. Um, it really gets down to <laughs> <laughs> filthy lucre. <laughs> I know. You can't buy paint without money. You can't buy canvases without money. I know. And I mean, I do a lot myself. Uh, I'm starting to um, take up oil painting and cut my own panels and uh, make my own frames. Yeah, and people don't realize, I mean, the general public doesn't realize, you know, the expense that goes into what you do for a living. So, yeah. Yep. Well, I've been very interested. I was listening to a podcast about the Rembrandt Museum in, uh, in Amsterdam. Okay. Uh, so, fellow whose great-grandfather or great-great-great-great-great-grandfather yeah. something like that was painted by Rembrandt. But he's got hundreds of Rembrandts. And over the years, in the 19th and early 20th century, a lot of these Rembrandts in the museum got put in big gilded frames, mm-hmm. which is not what Rembrandt put them in. Mm-hmm. He put them in, like, black frames. Mm-hmm. And the new... Uh, fellow who's running it or about to take it over, he's reframing them in dark frames again, wow. small dark frames, which I think is, that's my passion in, in framing is, is simple black wooden frames, Absolutely. which I've been making out of some of the ash trees. We I was going to say, out of your ash trees? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to prepare the forest, we had to cut down four dead ash trees and... Uh, to make the posts, but we had a lot of lumber left over after we made yeah. the posts, and I'm making frames out of that. Well, I'm so glad you're into recycling. And I want to thank you for joining us today on the Be Inspired podcast, and we look forward to more of your art and more of your thoughts on whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> you're doing. Okay, thank you. Jane, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Be Inspired podcast. If you enjoyed the Be Inspired podcast, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we welcome you to suggest people, projects, and perceptions that inspire you. What the world needs now is inspiration. Contact me, Jane Stahl at studiobbb.org or stop by Studio B. More information can be found in the episode notes. We are eager to meet you and learn what it is you love. This is the end of today's episode, and I hope you find your way today to be inspired.